0: Hi, I'm indie fantasy author Melinda Cousera, and in this episode, Freya Victoria is joining me to talk about her book, The Forgotten Beast. So welcome, Freya. Hi,
1: thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So tell us about The Forgotten Beast. And um... it started as a, I really, really, really love fairy tale retellings. The first series that I remember reading was by Marissa Meyer, and I loved I didn't even know until that time that you could kind of like combine the original fairy tale with other elements. And so it started, The Forgotten Beast started as a, I love Beauty and the Beast. That's my favorite. And I also like series and I like things interconnected and interwoven. And so if you picture how like once upon a time the TV show kind of like wove all these stories together, that's what I'm attempting to do (laughs) with The Forgotten One series. Um, So, The Forgotten Beast is a Beauty and the Beast retelling at its heart, but it has its own unique elements. Callie is our beauty, and she is helping her parents decorate their house for Christmas, sees this, like, old wooden chest in the attic and asks her mom, like, hey, what's that weird chest up there? And her mom tells her, you know, don't open it. It's not you. It's not yours. Whatever. And She essentially takes this as a dare to find the key and open the chest. So she does. And inside are just dozens of these old leather journals. So she sneaks, stuffs one down the back of her pants, hides it in her bedroom (laughs) at her parents' house. And then she goes back out and helps her mom decorate and starts reading it later that night when she is getting ready for bed. And that is kind of like, I don't, it's not the first night, but the next night after she wakes up. In this prison world, which she thinks is just a dream, like, oh, it's so cool that I'm, like, dreaming about this world in the journal, and adventures start happening, she starts to realize, like, this ain't just a dream, something's (laughs) going on here, and so the it's it's definitely like the first in the series it completely sets up and leaves quite a few like dangling ends out there Mm -hmm. so I've had I've had reviewers that are like it leaves too many dangling ends and I'm like because it's a series like they're gonna be answered later um and so yeah so each each book in this series um will kind of have an hea happily ever after where that fairy tale story will be Completed as far as, like, the couple getting together, some of the books will be, like, about revenge, happily ever after, some will be, like, family reunited happily ever after, but each fairy tale, there will be eight total fairy tales told throughout this series, and they will all have some kind of a happily ever after involved. Oh, wow. So I guess you'll see the other couples sometimes,
0: but, like, each book will,
1: yeah. So in book one, I introduce, I think, six of the eight fairy tales. So you may not, because I changed the names, like Callie oh, okay. is beauty. Um, so you may not know that that's who they are. Um, and then between each, it'll be four main books for the main part of the series. But then I personally like when you get to kind of like go back and see right. the other perspective of things and so in between each set of the big novels will be a novella told from the villain's perspective. So right now I'm working on book, what I call book one and a half, um, which is the villain perspective from book one.
0: Oh, and how is that going to work? Because they'll, if it's, if the book has them as the protagonist, then that means they're the hero of that tale, but they're actually the villain. That, that's, that sounds really
1: interesting. <laughs> I mean depending on how you think of things you know from your side of things you may be the hero but in someone else's story you could be their villain so like you just never know and also like what were their motivations for like yeah. in book one there's what I call a war but it's really more like a skirmish compared to what I will be doing at the end of the series Um, but it's you know why were they doing these things to Callie and the Beast why were they you know, having their men move to all these different locations where the spies from the good guys' side could right. see this, and so it's you know, what was their motivation? Why were they doing it? Setting it up for future books as well. Um, you could read the entire series without the novellas. The novellas are definitely darker because they're villain stories. Yeah, <laughs> but Which it's been cool. it's been interesting. So the main books I try to keep as single point of view as I can. So for the most part excuse me for the most part book one is told from callie's perspective but it does switch to the beast perspective for like a chapter and a half where like she wasn't present to know what Mm -hmm. was going on um where the novellas are like this one is split between three different points of view and it kind of switches pretty evenly as it needs to um but you will still get like book two will be callie and the new character switching back and forth um to tell the story because you got to still know Callie is still the chosen one in this big series so she is still the one responsible for the prison world that all these people have been sent to so you still have to find out how her story ends how does she save them all there's a prophecy involved and like all of these things it's all the things that I love about fantasy books I tried to incorporate in this story.
0: So, what are the things that you like about fantasy? <laughs> All right, you left yourself open for that. One. Sorry, I did. I did. <laughs> you sort of, you sort of hung out the carrot, and like, I'm curious. So don't I have to bite.
1: <laughs> so, I like the obscure prophecy in fantasy books like you know this thing where you're going for either the whole book or the whole series you're like what what does this thing mean what is you know what what's going to be and I mean mine is a pretty obvious thing like you're going to be the one that saves us all but is she really going to be the one that saves us all and how is she going to be the one that saves them all um I love in fantasy books when it has more poetic flowery wordy language so it Mm. is um while my fantasy world is not it's like, you could have dropped this forest in the middle of, you could have dropped him in the forest in the middle of anywhere. It's not some big crazy, the leaves are purple and the sky is yellow. Like, it's not that kind of a fantasy world. It's like any land ever. So like someone asked me at one point, are you going to have a map? And I'm like, well, you don't really need a map. It's just like, it's there. There's two castles on opposite sides of water and there's a bunch of trees.
0: <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten asked about maps, too, and I'm like, and so my response is always, well, when the characters stop changing the geography of the parts you haven't seen yet, there can be a map. Until that point, there's not going to be a map. Because they keep, you know, it's yeah. They can't change what's been in the books, but there's a whole lot of world that hasn't been in the <laughs> books that they can still rearrange at their pleasure,
1: <laughs> and I don't know what the final form it's going to take. It. <laughs> yep, yep. So I mean, there's probably a whole lot more fantasy things I incorporated that just aren't coming to mind right now. Um, but I tried to take, you know, I I'd heard I I have my own podcast and I always ask authors, mm. you know, best advice and all of this and. One of the ones that has stuck with me for a really long time is to write the book that you want to read because, one, you're reading that sucker a ton of times while you're editing it. Yes. And and two, you're not going to be nearly as passionate about having to come on to podcasts and promote it or doing TikTok Lives promoting it or just promoting it on other social media if you don't like your book <laughs> so.
0: that's so true that's so true that's probably why the only i only talk about like one series time <laughs> like, i go on anywhere i'm like oh yeah i have these other series but like there's one that i'm like super passionate about and i don't think that anybody would have any trouble identifying which one that is is the <laughs> only one that i ever talk about
1: <laughs> so that that's that's the route that i took for the forgotten beast um I'm very organized. I have all the fairy tales picked out already. I know the main plot points for the whole series already. Oh, wow. I have already started dropping in. I heard someone call it, I think, breadcrumbs, where you leave mm-hmm. these like little, like, why on earth is that in the book? Um, so there's, there's a mysterious necklace that you don't know what the heck the deal with the necklace is. Um, there's a couple other things. And so I just keep this, like, separate document of the breadcrumbs I've left for future book me <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> So wait, are are you one of those
0: people who can plot things out and their characters actually stick to it, or are you like me? you like you you try to do the plot things out, leave things for later, and the characters completely change what you were intending to do with
1: it. I'm just I, wondering. I would call myself a planter mm. because I for book one because I'm insane. Um I was like let's have all the chapters be themed around Christmas songs. So every chapter in The Forgotten Beast is titled after a Christmas song. I spent weeks listening to Christmas songs and figuring out fantasy book plot points that that chapter could represent. Um there's a chapter called Deck the Halls which is while she's I've
0: getting done ready
1: to There's there's <laughs> a chapter um the one that I'll be reading here shortly is called Over the River. It's where she um, like, first enters into the fantasy world through her dreams, which is what she thinks she's dreaming. Right. Um, so that one's called over the river. There's one uh, little drummer boy is where, like, they're going into battle, and there's a little drummer boy beating his drums in the audiobook. I actually had a friend of mine do drum beats for that section. So there's these drum beats in the audiobook. um, and then, Like, that's just kind of how I did it. So my plotting was just getting those Christmas songs that I had picked that I had these little not even one sentence descriptions of what to happen in that chapter. Like, Mm -hmm. decorate the house, introduce female main character, the battle begins, there's a drummer boy here. Like, those were my plot points. So I don't, that's not really a plot point. Those are pretty basic, kind of hard for the characters to screw up (laughs) plot points. (laughs)
0: one would be surprised Um. now I did
1: I did at one point cut a chapter out because I was like this is as I started writing I was like this chapter is unnecessary let's get it out of there um but for the most part I didn't have issues with the character sticking to it so then I started book one and a half which I should be doing a title and cover reveal in a few weeks um for that one I it's a different band they're not Christmas songs (laughs) And Mm. I did the same thing. I listened to their songs. I Mm. picked the ones that would apply Um, because my novellas are basically retelling sections of book one from the other person's side. um, It was a little more complicated to find the songs that would fit the scenes from the other side. So I will probably not do the song thing again because it's very complicated. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds it. What made
0: you decide to do that? I mean, because I mean, the, like, why Christmas for Beauty and the Beast? Like, I I did it for a book, but it was a Christmas book. Like, we literally was... like took a sleigh ride with Santa. I mean, I was not being cheeky. I was like, this is actually what happens in this. We're we're fighting things with the Nutcracker, and like, you know, there's it Anyways,
1: <laughs> it started as two different ideas. So around Christmas for the last god like eight years. Um, at for my church, I have done um, signing the songs of Advent. So that's for people that don't go to church or don't know. In at least Baptist churches, um, around Christmas time, usually starting end of November, beginning of December, they have each week they will talk about like a plot point for the children. At my church, um, like a thing from the Bible that has to do with the Christmas story, and so I would do sign language to music. I would spend weeks picking these songs, listening through songs, picking the songs for those five songs that I needed to do. And so last year, 2022, I was listening to the Christmas music getting ready. And I had the idea for, oh, it'd be cool if there was a book that each chapter was based around a Christmas song. Mm. And then a month later, I was like, oh, Beauty and the Beast retelling. And then a month after that, I was like, let's combine the two ideas. And then I started getting this one ready. <laughs> so- oh, wow so it was was, was two separate ideas that I then combined together. So
0: yeah, no, that's really cool that 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 your mind went to like Beauty and the Beast from from like from Christmas. I don't Mm -hmm. see the connection, but maybe the red.
1: I mean, (laughs) it takes place at Christmas. It's not like a hugely. So I'm like, it is technically this book takes place at Christmas. I wouldn't call it a Christmas book. There's a lot of like Christmas tradition, family things involved in it. Um, but it's not necessarily a like you can only read this book at Christmas time book. I see.
0: <laughs> I see. I mean I mean that's a good thing. We don't, you know, it especially for like the, the retelling, you want that mm-hmm. to be readable like, you know, throughout the year. Right, right. But I like that it has those little callbacks to Christmas, which is such a like wonderful season.
1: And well, I think I've it's had- readers that have been like were Mm -hmm. you at my Christmas last year because like the way that you describe all this is exactly how my family is I'm like that's because I pulled from my family and my husband's family and kind of like smeared the traditions together
0: oh wow so is is I don't know like uh, I was raised Roman Catholic my mom is I my entire family on my mom's side is completely Italian like like straight off the boat (laughs) years ago Italian so so we so, you know, we, the Roman Catholic tradition, we have like sort of this Advent wreath. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. do you do that? Do you have that in the Baptist thing? Are you guys lighting the candle on the wreaths and saying the prayers and like talking about like each candle? I don't remember all of it. It yes. represents different things throughout the the right. season of Advent that getting the
1: preparing. My cat has infiltrated the booth. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yes, we do. We have, we don't say prayers necessarily but there is like they'll take the chapters in the bible that are surrounding you know jesus's birth and all of this and they will tell like uh the first one is the prophecy of christmas and then it's Mm -hmm. the i don't remember if angels or shepherds are next but it's one of those and then the next week is the other one of those um let's see angels shepherds prophecy i don't remember and then christmas day (laughs)
0: i only remember about like because i haven't i've sort of fallen out of the church i know
1: (laughs) i'm bad i'm a bad i have to google it every year that's why i don't my brain is mush so i literally have to google it every year i'm doing these songs and this year with the book launch i didn't do the advent for the first time in like eight or nine years um i was like i just uh, there's too many things going on i just can't do it this year and he was like okay that's fine
0: (laughs) yeah i mean that happens but I don't. I think like it's all the stuff leading up to like, if I remember correctly, like the Advent in the Catholic Church, like there's nothing about the birth. You're waiting for the promise, right? And everything is about the waiting, the leading up, all the the all the things, and then there's no mention of the birth until like at Christmas Day. Like, yeah, very pretty much annoying when you're a kid. You just want to sing Christmas carols, but you have to wait till right. Christmas Day for that.
1: <laughs> So we sing Christmas carols basically through the whole month of December at our church.
0: I'm so jealous. We we couldn't sing them until Christmas Day. A lot of it was like, you
1: know. Yeah, because the Advent starts like the four Sundays prior to Christmas Mm -hmm. at our church. And so like when that starts, actually Advent doesn't start till last week. Um, But the week before we were already singing Christmas carols. (laughs)
0: I'm so jealous because like, was, like
1: thanksgiving's done christmas time
0: <laughs> no we have the um O kama, kama manuel is one of the staples in advent <laughs> everything and, and like waiting for the promise is another one like yeah, so just since my book involved waiting
1: <laughs> right so a lot of those songs i did not include in my book like basically anything that was specific to like christian traditions of okay. because i couldn't figure out a way to incorporate those into a fantasy storyline without being incredibly rude to anyone that goes to church so <laughs> i was like there's, oh, no. there's not going to be any of that in my book and so you know it was i needed to basically use all the songs that didn't relate specifically to the traditional christian christmas story of christmas
0: it's still it's really cool that you ha- that you loosely had some connection to mm-hmm. christmas and some christmas tropes um with merging that with beauty and beauty. that's really cool and like i i, I see sort of a parallel between that and like and being on a prison planet like that's oh. there's like a it, Anyways, I've written too much into it. I can't help it. I was raised Roman Catholic. I I, I plead Catholic. I can't help it. <laughs> That's what they taught me at church every Sunday for my entire life is how to read meaning into things and relate it back to,
1: like, Jesus. You know, we were all raised somewhere, and uh, I came across uh, a TikTok recently of someone talking about uh, political influence in books, and they were like, if you don't think that you're you know, life and growing up and political stuff influences your books, here's how you're wrong. And then they broke down these, like, very well-known books and how, like, you know, this is that and this is that and, like, just breaking it down to the bare bones. And it's like, well, the author probably never thought about it in terms of that, but she's no. right. <laughs> no,
0: but that's, like, their their work. Yeah, I can see how that how it makes me wonder, like, how much Politics influences my own books. And I probably can't, couldn't even like, I probably can't even like go through them and figure it out either because it's like, it's just, it's all around you. Right. So I'm sure it does, like, not consciously, but I'm Mm -hmm. I'm quite sure it does. There is so much politics.
1: I mean, even look at like dystopian books where they, basically create a whole completely different government that is something against i don't like the government we have now so i'm gonna yeah. make up
0: a whole new one <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that's true i feel like we've gotten off track should we go to yeah, the excerpt a we... bit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm so like like i said like i told you before this is a very loose format we just we go where the conversation goes but we try to hit the main points
1: <laughs> all right so you want me to do excerpt now you said yeah sure All right, so uh, I already talked about kind of what happens before this. She has found the journal, she has read the journal, and this is her first waking up what she thinks is dreaming in this prison world. The first thing I notice when I start to awake is the cold. I'm shivering and lying in what feels like ice. Underneath me, the mattress is exceptionally hard. It's when I open my eyes, I realize this must be a dream. I'm looking up, and all I can see is the sky and tree branches above me, and there is most definitely not a mattress underneath me. While sitting up, my hand sinks into the cold snow beneath me. I look around and see a large rock and hear moving water in the distance. It comes as no surprise to me, my imagination has conjured up a location similar to what I was reading in the journal. There aren't any beautiful flowers or smells. It appears to be winter here now. The ground is covered in snow. Inhaling deeply, my throat feels the effects of the freezing air, which smells like winter. I wonder how my mind transformed the world from the journal into this winter wonderland. Even without the flowers, I can see the beauty of this place. Trees stretch overhead. Reaching toward the sky, Their branches free of leaves. Gingerly, I get to my feet and spin in a circle, the ground squishing beneath my slippers as I turn. Using my hands to dust off my butt, I feel my pajamas are slightly damp from lying in the snow for who knows how long. I reach up and feel my long blonde hair slightly damp from laying in the snow. It appears to be morning in my dream. I see the sun rising in what must be the east. Which direction should I go in this dream world? I decide to head over to what must be the large rock the writer sat atop while writing the first part of the journal. It's covered in snow and takes some effort to get up it. My fingers aching as I claw my way up, but eventually I can stand on it and look around. All I see are trees, most without their leaves. In the distance, I see trees that are still green. They remind me of the Christmas tree I just helped to decorate at my parents' house. Getting down is tricky as well, as I try not to slip on the wet surface. The snow on the rock and the smooth soles of my slippers don't help give me any grip to keep from falling. Eventually, I'm able to make it down and decide to walk along the river. Maybe I'll come to a town or something else interesting. I've covered some distance when I notice how dry my throat is. I desperately need a drink. The stream is the only source of water I've seen besides the snow. Remembering reading somewhere you shouldn't drink, eat, or drink snow directly, I decide the river is probably my best bet. Thankfully, my pajamas have dried in the time I've been walking so at least I can dry my hands off afterward. Maybe warm them in my armpits? I'm not sure what the cold temperature will do to my hands, but I don't see another source of water nearby either. Thankfully, I fell asleep with my slippers on. Otherwise, my feet would probably have frostbite by now. Am I kidding? This is a dream. In the dream world, anything can happen, right? But I couldn't have dreamed up any better clothes than what I went to bed in. I use my foot to clear the snow away from a spot close to the river. I don't want to end up with my knees freezing and more wet than they will be sinking down onto the slightly muddy ground to drink. I take a minute to gather my long hair and pull it around my shoulder. Carefully, I bend down, using my hands to scoop up water and try to keep as much in my hands as possible when I bring them to my mouth. The water is freezing, as I expected with the melting snow, but it glides down my throat and quenches my thirst— I repeat the process a few more times before feeling sated and ready to continue my walk. When I go to stand, I hear a branch snap nearby. Quickly, I stand up and look around, trying to find the reason for the noise. I'm almost back to where I started in my rotation when I spot it. There's a set of angry-looking eyes on a very large wolf. I take a sharp breath, my lungs protesting against the cold air. The wolf comes closer to me. Slowly stalking me, it's prey. My heart feels like it's pounding out of my chest. Slowly, I back away, keeping my eye on the wolf as I carefully make my way, following the river in the direction I was heading. I do my best to keep my breaths calm and steady. When the wolf snaps its jaws, licks his lips, and gets close enough to where I can hear a low growl emanating from him, I take off at a run. Running in my slippers is difficult, and I stumble a few times because of their bulk. Thankfully, they stay on my feet. The adrenaline from my fright and now my run have warmed me substantially. I haven't gone far when I see a small cottage off in the distance. Sorry, I need to swallow. (laughs) My arms pump and my feet pound to the ground. I run faster than I ever have to make it to the house, praying that someone is there to let me in. I slam into the door and start pounding and yelling, Help! Someone, please! There's a wolf out here! Please help me! wolf is getting closer. I can hear his growling getting louder, closer. Reaching for the doorknob, I realize I should have tried to open the door before alerting all the predators in the forest. My hand clasps around the cold knob. I quickly turn it, and the door opens. I run inside and slam the door closed behind me, locking it. I hear the wolf gnashing his teeth and growling outside. Taking deep breaths, I turn and examine my surroundings. It's a small two-room cottage. I see the area where the meals are prepared. A small table. Probably for a couple or a very small family and a sitting area. Across from me is what I assume must be the bedroom. The door is closed. Hello? Who's there? An elderly female voice coming from what I believe to be the bedroom calls. Amber, is that you? Slowly I creep to the door and press my ear to the wood trying to listen for anyone else on the other side. My heart is beating out of my chest. Scratching at the front door and a howl make me turn my head to look back. Amber, honey, have you finally come? I've been waiting ages for you, the elderly voice says. I gently grasp the doorknob and turn it as I reply. I'm so sorry to intrude. My name is Callie. The elderly woman stares at me from her bed when I enter the room. You're not my Amber. What are you doing in my house? She's frightened. And rightfully so. I'm a stranger and I've just blasted my way into her home. My name is Cal. You already said that, she states. Now tell me what you're doing in my house. (laughs) I'll stop there. Oh,
0: there it is. Unmute. It was behind the camera. I'm like, where's the unmute (laughs) button? (laughs) <laughs> the camera blocks part of the bottom of my screen. So if I'm like looking,
1: I'm trying to see the thing behind it. Yeah, so that's in just that chapter alone, two fairy tales.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna guess little red. Yeah, little red.
1: So sure we have the wolf. One. Uh we have the wolf and granny and then Callie from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right, right. Callie's Yeah, that's yeah. right. Callie was in there. Yeah, I got the beauty. <laughs> The little, the little red, like um, yeah, yeah. I had, I had at one point. I was like, hey, can you guys get like? I asked my, uh, I have a Discord for my readers, and I was like, hey, you know, can you guys guess, you know, what fairy tales were introduced? And they like right off the bat were like, little red riding hood.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So I guess little red is not going to be playing an enormous role in this uh, one because it's about Callie and and the Beast, uh, which
1: we have not yeah. <laughs> I hope in, he's in not this- the wolf. <laughs> It, no in, in this book little red is uh well red is not in this book it's the wolf and granny um so they're they're not a big deal in this book they will be book two will be little red's story
0: i see so like i want to hear a little more about this like prison world like how like because it sounds like she's you know they're like just in a regular forest like mm-hmm. how is it a prison is, is like i'm thinking like. I'm thinking of, like, Sing Sing Prison or, like, you know, what is it? Alcatraz. In like, but I'm I'm getting the feeling that that's not exactly how this prison is. It's not cinder block and barbed wire. <laughs> no, powers.
1: no. Imagine how in, like, Once Upon a Time, these characters are trapped in this, like, city that's kind of off of everybody's map. Um, it's kind of like that, but it's like a world, and, like, a lot of this hasn't been explained because I haven't figured it out in my mind yet. That's a future book problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's basically just a separate world. So it's not really a prison, but it's... Callie is basically the keeper or gateway of the prison world. And so um, they don't necessarily... And the, the series that I kind of go back to is in, um, like, the Vampire Diaries, like, universe of those shows. They would have these, like, um, instruments. So, like, I don't it would be all different objects and a witch would basically enchant this object. And whoever held the object was like the one in charge of like the world that that object then created. So that's kind of more the way that I went with that for anyone that's ever Mm -hmm. seen vampire diaries. I think that was mostly in the children's spinoff series, not so much the main show. Um, but yeah, that's kind of kind of the way that I took is like basically the firstborn female in Callie's family is the gateway to this prison world. So it's not necessarily a prison. It's a world that they are sent to and cannot get out of. And Callie is essentially the gateway slash the chosen one to help demolish this prison world eventually in the series.
0: I see. That's, that's pretty cool. How <laughs> does... How does the magic work in this? Is it like a soft system or a hard system?
1: It is very, when it was necessary to have magic, then we had magic. So. Oh, I see. <laughs> so the, the way that the chest appears to her family is definitely magical. It's, um, and all of this is told like in the, the first book. Um, Her family is traveling. So Beauty and the Beast is a French fairy tale. So mm-hmm. Callie and her family are French. And so, when their family, you know, hundreds of years ago was coming over on the whatever boat they took from France to get to America, um, a random chest showed up among their other things magically. Um, They don't know who sent it at this point in the story. Um, They just know that this magic chest showed up, and every so often, a new journal will magically appear in that chest. Um, They know on the journals themselves, the, the spines have like a year and initials and that's all they know so they don't really know who these people are other than what they write in these journals um and then there's like magical healing things mm-hmm. but in my book it's not take a magical healing thing and like there's no repercussions of it ever it's like take a magical healing thing and that's going to put off your healing so if you take you know if you're mostly healed and you take a healing thing, you just have a little bit of healing left to go when the effects wear off. If you mm-hmm. are at the you know, beginning, you've just been tortured by two really terrible guys and all their goons, and you're at the beginning of your healing stage of all the bruising and bone cracking, um, then it's going to take you a really long time to get better once the effects of the potion wear off. So <laughs> it's kind of where it was necessary because they're fighting battles after being mm-hmm. tortured, we needed healing potions or it wouldn't have been plausible. <laughs> so, or everybody would have died. Yeah. Would have had a of a, it would have been a different kind of a story. <laughs> <laughs> the pain was so debilitating. I couldn't lift my bow and arrow would have been the story instead of, you know, it was slightly painful to shoot a bow and arrow over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah.
0: OK, so like that's an interesting that's an interesting way of going about it. All right. So are you will you tell us who's writing these journals or how these or that's one of the big things that you ought to read the whole series to find out?
1: The journals and it said like very early in the book, um, the jur- when when the people are banished to this prison world by they don't know who yet. Um, when the people are banished to this prison world, they are le- they are sent there. They have the clothes on their back. So like most fairy tales are really old so they have like all these old school clothes mm-hmm. and they have a journal. And so they get to the world and all oh, they got's clothes and a journal so they obviously start writing in the journal so then at some point the journal I guess once <laughs> we have, we haven't figured this out but in my head it's like well once they finish the journal it just magically shows up in the chest. <laughs> like so so are the
0: characters like that she's going to be interacting with um like like little red And then are they the ones that are writing the journals or they're like just other characters that we haven't met?
1: It's the characters. So basically all the characters in the prison world are fairy tale characters. So it is the, the basically basic, basic, if you broke it down to the base of the premise of the series is they're banished to this prison world. And what is left behind of them is the journals that they write and magically show up in Callie's chest and the fairy tale stories that we don't know who is writing the fairy tale stories. Um, You know, we don't know, or I should say, we don't know how the people are getting the stories. Cause like in the beauty and the beast, the beast reads the beauty and the beast story in the book. And he's like, well, there's a lot of similar things to my story, but someone clearly took liberties with the storyline here. And so it's like, you know, someone has the base idea for that person's life but they don't know everything about that person's life. So it's going to be like, you know, maybe there was a little fairy in their ear. Again, I haven't figured all this out exactly, <laughs> mm. but like a little fairy speaking in their ear saying like, you know, write a story about this or whatever.
0: <laughs> that would be kind of fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's a, it's that, like, that's, that's like a book two or three issue that I haven't quite worked out the, the logistics of yet. That could be so fun though.
0: Like having sort of like, that here they think, oh, this little this could do the, the characters in the prison world ever get to see the journal, or is it only like Callie and her family? Well,
1: so once it leaves the prison world, the only way they can see it is once they get out of the prison world. So at the end of book one, the beast is able to get out of the prison world. Um, and so then beginning of book two is gonna be uh, how do we get back to save all of our friends?
0: It's very kind of them to want to go back and see their <laughs> friends. <laughs> <laughs> like I love that fantasy. That characters in fantasy books do that. Like, but but whenever they decide that movies, like it, like in reality, like,
1: like. Well, where they're the people... good guys. Remember, the bad guys don't give a crap about everybody else. <laughs> oh, no, that's
0: true. But every once in a while, because I write those stories too, where they go back and I'm, I'm actually just doing that right now in a minute book I'm not going to talk about here because you can't read it until next year. Um, and it, like I just start wondering, like, would people actually do this in real life? Like, I love that we do it in fantasy books, and they, you know heroes are expected to do this. But like, there's always that little question in the back of my mind, like, would my friends come back for me? <laughs> No, no, they would not for me.
1: I guess that's that's the test, though.
0: I guess that's the test, though. If they don't come back, they're not your true friends.
1: Right?
0: (laughs) So if you find yourself in a prison world and nobody comes and rescues you, maybe you need better friends. (laughs) Which you can't get now because you're in a prison world by yourself. you have to make friends with the people in the prison world.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: well, because I mean the, if Callie and them if they escaped, then then they found there's some exit to the prison world. And, and if they found yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Like So I'm picturing so, a lot of really hilarious because like there was a sequence of events that I mean, she really has no idea how she started traveling at this point. And so right. She's going to have to, you know, basically go back through what happened first. I I found the journal first and I started Mm -hmm. reading the journal first. So she's going to basically have to go through these. Of course, she's the chosen one. So it can work differently once her chosen mate is out of the world. But, you know, she's basically going to have to go back through this hilarious sequence of events. Well, I kissed him. (laughs) (laughs) Was she saved by a kiss? (laughs) So it's going to be. So ba- basically the way that it's going to work is each couple that we would attribute as a couple in our world, um, one of them is in the prison world. So in Beauty and the Beast, it's the beast that's trapped in the prison world. And then the Beauty or Cali is in our world. Um, and so it'll be kind of each couple will have the same situation. One will have been trapped there. The other will be trapped here. <laughs> and then oh, wow. So... How do we get them together?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like... Are they going to just, are they, is the journals going to show up for anybody else? I mean, how, yeah. How would they even get there? So
1: the journals, uh, the way that I set it up the year that every fairy tale was written is when they showed up in the journal world. And so they've been showing up. The earliest one that I'm using is, uh, red, I think. And so that book was written in like pff, 1100 something. I want to say, or like it was, it, it was one of the earliest written down fairy tales, and so like that's kind of their journal showed up at that time. Like whenever their actual story came into our world in real life in our actual time.
0: <laughs> okay, so so if when she comes back, could she? Is she definitely going to end up back in the same time that she left? Like whatever yeah. year she left.
1: Yes. Yes. So it's kind of for the people in the journal world, time has stopped for them. So they are still the same age they were when they got banished there. Um, there's like a reincarnation bid, and it's a lot of stuff involved in that for like how they're able to get back here and all of this. That's a little bit complicated. Um, but they are like basically frozen in time in their world. So they're not, we're not walking around with a bunch of thousand-year-olds. Looking people, (laughs) they okay. They they look the age they were when when the story was written. So, like Beauty and the Beast, he looks like he's like in his thirties or whatever. Um, he doesn't look like he's you know ancient and all of this. (laughs) So more like vampires that never (laughs) (laughs) age. But
0: are like are they actually vampires?
1: no no (laughs) we do have the wolf from little red riding hood is a werewolf so that i could make that story work which apparently originally he was so it worked out in the the written story he was at one point a werewolf really
0: Mm -hmm. i didn't know that i mean i guess it makes sense now that i think about it i'm like why didn't i think of that like (laughs) i'm like but that wow that's like That makes so much sense. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, when you're i first heard the little red story i think i was a kid like you don't think about like how is the wolf talking
1: yeah (laughs) yeah, well and think of how many times stories have like changed over the years so like the beauty and the beast that i use to model this Mm -hmm. is not the disney version that most people think is what i based it off of it's based off the original madame de villanueva version um, where he is asking will you sleep with me not Will you be my friend? Will you love me? Whatever it is he says in the Disney version? Um, there's right. also this like ominous line that gets repeated because in the Villa Nueva version, when she is sleeping and in her dreams, she's with the human version of the beast. He's saying every single time from what I remember when I read the story, he's saying, Just remember that looks can be deceiving or something along those lines. I think that's my line that I modeled off of his line. Mm -hmm. But he's saying this ominous line every single time. So it drives people crazy that I repeat that line over and over and over again in my book. But I'm like, that is a nod to the original Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) So... And how absolutely annoying it was when I was reading it. So it was so annoying that it stuck in my head to be included in my book. <laughs> you're, just, you're just letting people in on the experience. Yes, yes. <laughs> every time I get a review where someone's like, God, that line was so annoying. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and it's staying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it going to repeat in like successive books or is it no, only in- No, no, no. Because it's, it's kind of in the original Beauty and the Beast. It's very much him saying like, don't in in her cuz in that version it actually is in her dreams she's seeing the human version of him um and so in that version it's like you know kind of looks can be deceiving like look beneath the surface basically fall in love with him not beastie person um mm-hmm. is kind of the what they're saying in the original beauty and the beast and so now that you know his versions have whatever in my book it, he doesn't need to keep saying that it's done <laughs> so <laughs> there from what I can recall of all the other fairy tales I'm using there is no weird ominous repeating line in any of them
0: <laughs> <laughs> so all right so you said before that you're working on book four for book, the series
1: I'm booking on working on one and a half one so and the a half first novella okay.
0: so is wh- what's the status of book two
1: Uh, Book two has not started yet, so I I kind of played around with, before I finished book one, I was like, do I want to write the four main books and then go back in time and write the villain stories, or would I rather kind of write them in between. So I decided I would rather, so that one, my readers get books more often from me. Um, I would rather do them as novellas so that you're not getting some big, long drawn out, completely retelling an entire book from the other side. So it's a novella. So 40,000 words or less from the villain perspective. So you are going to get this first one. We'll have a happily ever romantic after, um, The next one will be more like Found Family, but it'll kind of follow that. It'll be big novel, novella, big novel, novella, till we get to the fourth book, which will be the final novel and novella Mm -hmm. combined. So that last book's going to be chunky. I see. I see. see.
0: So do you have... A sort of a release date it doesn't have to be like an exact date but like you're thinking like (laughs) q1 or just because people listen to podcasts at like all different times like every day someone is listening to (laughs) the podcast so Like, if someone, like, you know, a year from now is listening to it, like, should they go look for the book? Like, we are recording this just for everyone's reference. It's December 9th, 2023. (laughs) So, if you're listening to this. So, future listener, (laughs) this is for you.
1: (laughs) Book one, which I will show and describe. Book one. And for all of the covers, book one is a rose or quite a few roses on it. For each cover, it will have some other defining thing from the fairy tale that you will know. Like, oh, that's a book of... Little Red Riding Hood or, oh, that's a whatever. So Beauty and the Beast, The Forgotten Beast is all roses on the cover. Um, So each book will be kind of like that. And I totally spaced on what the question was. Oh, the book, Uh. the first novella I'm hoping to have out in March or April. So spring of 2024. And then I am hoping to have that novella, the next novel, and the next novella all released in 2024. Hoping. We'll see. I mean, all we can do is hope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I am a very busy person, so I can only write as fast as I can write. But my goal right now on December 9th is to have book one and a half to alpha readers by Christmas. And then I will start editing it as soon as they get it back to me. Um, so alpha readers, then I edit. Beta readers, then I edit more. And then it goes to my editor.
0: <laughs> I see. I see.
1: So... Well, that's good. All right. So if you're
0: in March of 2024, you should check out and see if the novella's out.
1: <laughs> at very least, it'll be available for pre-order because as soon as it's with beta readers, I'm setting mm-hmm. up the pre-order this time because I did not do that the last time.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So then you might be able to pre-order it so you can get yes. it later.
1: Yes. Yes. that's that. that at very least should definitely be up by March. I'm again, hoping that I'll have the whole book out by March. I'm kind of revamping how I do beta readers because I'm still, you know, Forgotten Beast was my first book. I didn't know what I was doing. I tried to talk to other authors and kind of figure it out, but it's still a learning process. What works for me may not work for someone else. What works for someone else may not work for me. and So I'm refining my process, making it take a little bit longer because I think it'll make the the editing process the you know, bones of the book a whole lot better the next go round. So I'm I'm doing two rounds of beta readers where I only did one round the last time. Um, so that'll take a little bit longer, but this is also a shorter book, so they won't have to have it for nearly as long as they did. Forgotten Beast was like 92,000 words. <laughs> so it's, it's 350 pages for those that don't know word count stuff. <laughs> and this next one, I'm guessing, will be about 150 pages.
0: Oh, okay. So then that's the novella is the
1: next one. Yeah. Next one's the novella.
0: How many words is that? Because like people throw on novella, and I'm like, I I know like readers are into you know understand by page count, but like I'm an audiobook listener <laughs> and also a writer. Like I understand word counts and yeah. like hours. You know how many hours is in a book? Like, so page, the audio like, book, just
1: go whoosh. <laughs> so book one was like 92, 93,000 words. The audiobook is nine something. It's like nine hours and some change. Three hundred and fifty pages in the physical book the novella when you just google how many words in a novella it says 10 to 40,000 words counts as a novella um so that's an hour and a half to a 6-7 hour audiobook depending on if you're on the higher end of the 40,000 um and you talk really freaking slow i don't think 6 to 7 hours is right oh yeah i was like five, maybe a- 5 on the higher end yeah <laughs> Um, in about 150 pages. So mine right now, I'm about, I'm, I think I'm a little past the halfway point of writing the first draft. And I'm at like 15, 16,000 words right now. How dark is the novella? Are we going to hate the Callie at the end of it? Callie it's- is not in the novella at all. So well, Callie is in the novella only in as much as like at one point they're torturing her in book one. And so you see like their side of torturing her. Um, But you don't get her point of view at all. It is all the other people's point of view
0: yeah but they, they don't like her like the, the other people are the no. heroes of this book let, so I'm just wondering if they're going to be on a smear campaign to try and turn <laughs> us into hating like will so... the novellas be the the villain's bid to try and gain our love and affection
1: so when we go back to the other books we're seeing the hero as the villain <laughs> so our povs that we get from the novella we have a sadist a morally gray person, and then someone who is just unfortunately blackmailed because of these other two people. So that is that is kind of the lineup for <laughs> book one and a half. <laughs> um, so they're not necessarily on a smear campaign for Callie. They're just like, hey, you were supposed to be our prisoner to be in our side of the kingdom, and you're over with him instead.
0: <laughs> I see.
1: But again... We still don't know who the big bad person who's sending all of them here. And so it's not necessarily now sadist is still a sadist. So he does still like hurting people. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, also there's this someone is pulling the strings behind everything, too. So um, some of it they do because they want to do and some of it they do because they are told to do. So that's that's the way that I went. I, I don't know. It's working so far, I think. <laughs> well, that's the important thing.
0: And and it sounds like readers are enjoying it. Um, from what you were saying about the reviews earlier, yeah, might have been outside of the broadcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've I've gotten um, from my arc readers. I got I've put people into book book slumps. I've pulled people out of book slumps. I've been people's favorite Beauty and the Beast retelling. <laughs> I have the annoying phrases that annoy people, but even still, like, they still rate me high up. So even with the annoying phrases, they still like the rest of the
0: book. (laughs) How, like, how annoying, is it, like, repeat a lot or just, like, a few times?
1: It's, like, every time she sees him, which is not a lot, but it is, like, every time she sees him, it, it repeats. And so that's, I mean, and for some people, like, for my brain that forgets everything i probably wouldn't have noticed it until like three or four times in and been like wait didn't they say that already <laughs> 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 but the fact that she also says like why did he keep repeating this stupid phrase and asking him why do you keep repeating this phrase and he like won't answer her um so yeah it's it, it's there <laughs> i see i see so
0: it's it's not just there it's there uh to serve a purpose in the story yes. other than yeah. annoying people <laughs> yeah. and being a callback to the earlier it
1: edition i had one reader be like is he really the villain <laughs> oh what made them think that like because it's, it's ominous <laughs> like, Probably. yeah so overall um you know i'm two weeks out from release i have all three stars and above mostly four and five stars which i am thrilled um i am trying not to read the reviews i have not attacked any of my reviewers at all that is not that's not a way that i am (laughs) i'm used to i've been narrating for two years and so i've gotten bad reviews on audiobooks for a really long time so like jumping into my own books it's like it hurts a little bit more but i'm still not gonna attack anyone for their opinion you're allowed to have your own opinion that's my brain My brain works differently from your brain. The way that I like stories is different from the way that you like stories. That's We're all allowed to have our own opinions. Um, so unless someone started review bomb- bombing me, that's that's pretty much the only time I'd attack anybody would be if that was happening. So <laughs> An attack in a loose sense of the word. I may just point it out and ask them to stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've heard of review bombing. I've not personally experienced that, but... It sucks that someone would feel the need to do that.
1: Yeah, apparently next month is a really bad time to have a debut because that's apparently what someone was review bombing January releases recently. Why? I I, I don't know. Take takes that's too much time. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. People are weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't have to worry about that. The January releases for me is not going to yeah. happen because I'm like, characters... <laughs>
1: Just characters will not obey the
0: outline.
1: Well, no, it was, they were specifically review bombing January debut novels.
0: That's weird. Yeah. But debuting in January is kind of a neat thing. You're starting the year off with a bang checking off your new year's (laughs) resolution. So if you don't get book two out that year doesn't matter. You've achieved your resolution. You got the book
1: out. (laughs) Yeah, Mine. I was like, my whole book starts on black Friday. Like they've just celebrated Thanksgiving. They're pulling down the tree. They're getting everything decorated. So that's when I released my book this year was on black Friday. It felt very appropriate. The book starts that day. Let's release it that day. (laughs) No, no, that definitely. I see. I see the logic there. Yeah. Now, future books, I I don't know. There may, might be logic <laughs> at some point. But at this point, I'm just like, get book done, release book. <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> what I feel, too.
0: Like, once it's done, it starts burning a hole in my, like, pocket. And, like, I need to get it, like, out into the well, and world.
1: Well, kind of, once it's with beta readers, like, that's kind of when I scheduled this book, is once it was with beta readers, I'm like, oh, okay, we should be able to finish everything by this date. And so that's kind of how I planned everything else. So kind of for this next book, I know once it's with beta readers, they'll have you know, two, three weeks to get it back to me. So I will have a set. It'll take me about a week to get through their edits. I figured out an easier way to do it this time. So we're good. Um, And then, you know, the second set of beta readers will take another two to three weeks to get through it. And then I have to (laughs) take a week to do the edits and then editor will take another two weeks to go through it. So. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Editing is
0: uh, I hate the editing process. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I like the writing process, even though I complain about the characters. I like struggling with them to get the book from point A to something similar to where we were supposed to end up.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm what's called an underwriter, which means that my first draft is lacking a lot of details and lacking some personal relationships that needed to be there so for book 1 I added 7000 words after it went to my alphas or alpha I had one alpha reader and then I added another 7000 words when it was with beta readers <laughs> and so that's that's 14000 extra words that had wow. to be added um going into it actually being released. And then the editor cut some out where it was like, you know, this word is repetitive, or you didn't need to say I said, he said, she said every five seconds. Um so, you know, some stuff got cut with the editor. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, for the most part it was very underwritten. Hey, you need to describe this more. So I'm trying to be better with the novella, but until someone else has it in their hands, um I I don't know cuz I'm not a good judge of my own work or it would be perfect no the first is. time.
0: <laughs> no one is. No one is. I've never been the only things I've ever had to add was like to clarify sometimes.
1: Yeah. Um
0: like cuz my books have a lot of magic and I'm pretty, I it's sometimes they are like, can you just add a little more here? Because I am not picturing what you're picturing. <laughs> that's the, that's the only, there'll be like three places where they're like, can you just like give us a little more here? Like not seeing it as clearly as I'd like to. So.
1: Yeah. I think there was only like, and it wasn't magic related. There was only like two spots where they went, huh? And, <laughs> <laughs> I had to kind of fix it. Um, for the most part, it was like, hey, you were kind of repetitive. Like, this sentence could be better done without the ending of it, because you already kind of ended the sentence. And most most of my beta readers was like either, um, I had one male beta reader that was my brother-in-law, and he, I knew, read a lot of, like, war novels. So when they're doing, like, the war planning and stuff like that, he was like, hey, um, so Callie is not a war chief, and she comes into this meeting of this war council and starts, like, telling people what to do. They need to question that a little bit because she's not a war chief. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, fair enough. So we added, um, there was another thing he had commented on. We kind of combined the two things together to make it make sense. Um, so how did yeah. she know what to tell them to do? <laughs> if she, I mean... She didn't even really tell him what to do. She would more, like, ask, like, well, what is, you know, what do you think we should do next? And she was basically the, like, okay, let's do that person. So it wasn't necessarily that she was, like, okay, we're going to, like, you know, get all the weapons together and get everybody lined up. And, like, she wasn't that. It was more, like, well, what do you, because the beast gets hurt at some point and so he can't be there. And so she's kind of, like, his eyes and ears while he can't be there and so she's more like listening to the differing opinions and then deciding which option to do um yeah so (laughs) that's you know she doesn't know what to do she's just taking in the information and deciding what she thinks is the best route
0: oh wow no that's cool i don't think i've had people in like a War room situation like that, so I've ne- I never come across that situation before. <laughs> it's it's usually like there's three people and they're like, okay, we need to stop this insane thing from happening. How do we do that when we're massively outnumbered and we don't yeah. have any health? <laughs> they would love to have an, ar- an army or other or like actual war chiefs to discuss things. With. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More three people, maybe they have a rock or a slingshot. It's
1: well, it's like, for the, unprepared. for the most part, too, like, because all these people got to this world whenever their fairy tale was written. Um, So, like, you know, the Beauty and the Beast was written in, like, 1700 something. And so, like, that's when he got there. I mean, there was, like, wars and stuff going on where he would have mm. that knowledge and experience Most of the other characters, same thing. Very few. I think the only, the oldest story that I use is Peter Pan, which was written in 1911. There were still wars happening around that time, too.
0: Yeah, but if you're not, like, part of it and some kind of, like, leadership role, like, there's wars happening now, but I can't tell you how to fight them. (laughs) No, no, but... I I know what's going on in the conflict from what I hear in the news, but that doesn't give me the information for, like, how to,
1: how you know, to give any of them advice on anything (laughs) they're doing. I mean, up to, you know, World War II, though, people would have been drafted, and so they would have served in some capacity more than we would today, where she's, like, 25, She's 24 when the book starts in our time and year. And so like she's not been part of a time period where any wars would have happened that she would have been drafted to where every other fairy tale character in this world would have probably been drafted. Not females, but the males would have been drafted Mm -hmm. into some kind of something. (laughs) So it makes logical sense that the men from hundreds of years ago would know something about battle as opposed to her. And how,
0: how does, how does she deal with the fact that they're like from hundreds of years ago and have obviously the values and the morals from hundreds of years ago, and the views on women's place in the world? <laughs> how do they, how do they deal with a feminist? Because like, some fantasy books just kind of gloss over that. And I'm like, dude, a guy from the 1700s is not going to deal all that point. well with a modern woman. <laughs>
1: One of my favorite lines in the book, the beast is talking to Callie and he's telling her, you know, my mother and my father, my mother was the mouse to my father's lion, but you are the lioness to my lion. So like he is more of a modern, you know, version of whatever. But I mean, that had to come from at some point, some dude had to be like, I'm okay with you having a little more control. So it's not necessarily like, Oh, all the women are looked down upon or anything like that. Um, On the villain side, I guess it's a little more that way, but (laughs) Um, at least in in (laughs) 1.5, they're a little more that way. Um, But um, as far as like Callie and the Beast goes, he's like, hey, you know, you're not an idiot here. So I I can trust you. And even in her in her mind, she's like, you've known me for a couple of weeks. What do you mean you can trust me to make these decisions, dude? Like, we don't really know each other. (laughs) And that's where I guess at one point some of my readers were like, so they're faded mates. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, I guess that would have been a good trope to like... (laughs) And, like say with this book i just didn't think of it in the classic like faded mates they're drawn together as soon as they see each other like that's not the way it is so that's why i didn't think it was faded mates um but i have There's been not told the insta love there is on his side but not necessarily on her side so it's interesting
0: <laughs>
1: is is he the only
0: uh are there are the other couples gonna have insta love or is i don't find insta love to be realistic
1: book two i can tell you is gonna be enemies to lovers because uh the wolf got her grandma banished to the fantasy world with him so she's not gonna be too happy about that um but the way that it kind of works is like there's triggers for them to get their memories back um now, because Callie is the chosen one and the rest won't be, I can obviously work the, the world a little bit different and how they have their memories or whatever. But at the end of the day, the wolf got Granny banished to the world with him. And so our red Amber is not going to be thrilled about that. <laughs> so that one will be. Not insta-love. It'll be insta-I-hate-you because of this. Yeah. Well, maybe not hate, but I'm really upset with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not thrilled that you did this. <laughs> so, other ones, I I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. Beyond book two. I, I haven't thought beyond book two, so.
0: <laughs> That's wild.
1: So, and book two, maybe next year as well? Yeah, book two, uh, probably fall of next year. I would guess, because I can start on book two once book one and a half is off with readers. I didn't want to start on, until I had the bones of book one nailed down, I couldn't start on book one and a half in case things changed in the editing process, where once book one and a half is off to people that are going to edit it because it's retelling part of book one. Book one is already finalized. I can start on book two. So yeah, yeah. So it can't really change. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So book book one is, you know, book one and book two happen at the same time period or book one and one and a half happen during the same time period where book two is after the events of these two books happen is when book two comes in. So I have a little more freedom to I can start that whenever I want to. (laughs) You, and then two
0: and then there'll be two and a half with yeah. Back to the Villains.
1: Yep. So then two and a half will tell villain from book two story and then book three and then three and a half and then four will be the last two combined together in one chunky final two fairy tales figuring out who done it. This whole time. Will there be a four and a half with that no big no. bad? So I'm going to, for that one, I'm going to interweave the chapters together. So at the end of book, at the end of each of these books, there is a big cliffhanger chapter where it is the prologue, epilogue, it's the epilogue, but it is a hint into who the fourth book is going to be about. And so at the end of book three, the epilogue, it will be very, very, very obvious who book four is going to be about as far as who the villain is. And so at that point, I can interweave both the stories together. And at this point, you all you know about the villain from book two is they show up at the end of book one. And you don't know who it
0: is. <laughs> I see. I see. So the whole series will be four full-size novels and three novellas. Correct. If I'm counting right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's it. So that's like seven altogether.
1: Yeah, I am a firm believer in tell your story with your overarching storyline and then you finish it. So like spinoffs and stuff, I will, I'm not going to say never do, but less likely to do than other authors probably would. <laughs> if, if I did anything, I'd probably start a whole new series with you know, other fairy tales. I mean, how many fairy tales? Like, look at Grimm's Brothers and Hans Christian Andersen and all these people that, like, combined these fairy tales together. There's a whole lot of stories that you could do similar interwoven storylines or standalones, like Emily McIntyre's books, where they all stand on their own instead of tying together. (laughs) That's wild. So you don't have any idea
0: what you'd be doing after this series? I mean, it's I a few do, years down road, it sounds. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Probably like 20, let's see, 2024. If I get three books out in 2024, 2025, I should be able to get at least two books out. It might be beginning of the year I get the third one from 2024 out. We'll see how that works out. And then the final book, because it's two stories connected together, will probably take me a good portion of 2026 to get them tied together per- properly. Um, I do have an adult dystopian novel that I'm about 30,000 words into and paused to write all of this. So at some point I may finish and release that if I need a mental health break from the complicatedness of this series. (laughs) I may work on that in between there. Um, My goal, though, is to get this one finished and then finish that one and then move on to something else.
0: That's cool. Well... You should come back for all of these. <laughs> get an <laughs> update. <laughs> Try and get more spoilers out it's of you. To get them done
1: in time.
0: <laughs> well, we can find out when you come back in. Like, are Are you? Did did? How did the prediction versus reality happen? <laughs> I think that would be really fun like a little segment like from like what we just like a little recap of what we discussed last time. It's <laughs> like
1: what you said was gonna happen but what
0: actually, actually happened? happened? Yeah I think was that Was there a little fairy?
1: <laughs> yeah that's and there's there's a lot of things where like I'm writing book one and a half my brain is totally planning book two already so like there's some things where I'm like how are we gonna get that and so I've been like working it out and one of my beta readers helps talk me down from the ledge at one point i was like i don't see how we're gonna do it without killing all the females in her family and she's like no don't do that (laughs) then you'd be getting very games of thrones ish (laughs) so we figured out a better plan (laughs)
0: yeah
1: i'm glad
0: i'm glad we're not killing off all of her family or all the women in her family i was like that could be just kind of dramatic yeah
1: yeah not not, might not feel like family. saving people after that because like what has she got left to go back to yeah yeah no well it wouldn't have been callie's family it would have been someone else's family but it's you know tying these characters together and i have a lot of um there are characters that are in like book one that you don't know what part they play until like book one and a half you're gonna be like oh my god that's who those characters were um and same will happen for book two when you find out who book three is people haven't guessed that fairy tale yet so I'm just waiting um for people to be like oh that's who that is (laughs) so it's really fun when you take the characters and you rename them (laughs) something similar meaning but not the same name (laughs) no that is cool
0: Although Callie, Belle, I mean. Yeah, well, Callie means beautiful.
1: So. Oh, it does. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, I looked to when, when I was changing for my villains, they still have the villain names, um, or they have their names from their fairy tale. Um, but for, um, the good guys, I picked names that had similar meanings. Um, the only ones I couldn't like the beast's name that he has in our world. There was there's not a name that means like beast that I liked. <laughs> it was all really what weird about names.
0: Amber for like for Red
1: Riding Hood. Like how did? Because that was just not like for me. That was just like an immediate. It just clicked. I'm like, oh well, Amber is like a red-ish stone, and I loved the name Amber growing up. Like seriously, all of my dolls had the name Amber. So. <laughs>
0: okay Amber was just I like this name we're using it no rationale
1: pretty much pretty much now there's been a couple characters I accidentally ended up with um like the villain in book one is um Peter and Hook from Peter Pan and I have a character named James in my book and I did not even think about the fact that it is Captain James Hook so we have two Jameses now um (laughs) But (laughs) But
0: no one on no one will care if you never call it the other
1: one, James. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you just
0: called Hook, then it won't be. It's all right. When he
1: is in book one, they call him Hook. In book one and a half, because Callie is not as much included, like she's not reading a journal in one and a half, so we're having like flashbacks instead of journal entries. Um. And so they're calling him when they're kids. What do you call a kid, James? Jimmy. So he's Jimmy in the novella when they're doing all these flashbacks and then he's hook when it's now time. Um, So yeah, that was just an accidental. I didn't realize until after the fact and I'm like, well, I can't change his name now. It's already out in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's fun though. And that's what that, that you were able to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm like, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And you just hope that, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you don't make it really confusing later.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. That's always something that we struggle with. with <laughs> because it all makes sense in our heads. And like, all, that's the, always the worry in the back of our minds is, does it make sense to other people? <laughs> or
1: are we just yeah. nuts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I did have in some of the rounds of editing, we had to change something and so there were two things that while I was narrating the audiobook, I had to change. There was an instance where the sister um, is pregnant at the first Christmas. And so if you do the math, if she's pregnant at Christmas, it's her second kid. So reasonably, or third or something, not her first kid. So reasonably, she'd be showing sooner, right? So she's obviously pregnant is the wording I use at Christmas. So then I'm like, okay, I you know, write a year passes by. And no baby has shown up yet. And I'm like, we got to math this. When would she have had this baby? (laughs) We got to figure out gestation takes. (laughs) So while I was narrating it, there was a scene where I said at the beginning of the scene, they went to the parents' house and she stayed at home with the brand new baby and made the husband take the other kids. And then the next morning, she's making coffee at the house with everybody. (laughs) Oh <laughs> so, so while I'm narrating it, now my ARC readers already had this version of the book, but I'm like, while I'm narrating it, I'm like, all right, final edit time. And then there was a mysteriously transporting phone. In one chapter, um, it was on her bedside table. And then she goes to the fantasy world for like two chapters. And then in the next chapter, she wakes up in the morning. Where should the phone still be? Bedside table. now it's on in her purse on the couch now. <laughs> That's- so well, when she came back,
0: she dropped her first <laughs> sleepwalked so to her room and dropped onto bed.
1: So I uh you know, made it. She had to go back into the bedroom and get her phone. <laughs> <I'm> like, oops. <laughs> so there's there's some things that you catch later on. And at this point, it's anything that I find is like, well, we just gotta make that work in the future books, because it's out in the world now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- That's the way it goes. Yep, so James, it was out in the world before I realized this was a problem. So we are we are stuck with two Jameses. <laughs> I mean, it happens. You know One's a good guy, one's a bad guy. Duplicate names, not that big of a deal. So as long as they're not like best friends and you're just gonna get it confused. James said this and James said that and James said <laughs> yeah that could get pretty confusing yeah the, these two are not interacting with each other and i could just use hook and james but they, these two people do not interact with each other at least not in book one or book one and a half at all um might they at some point in the future maybe who knows never say never they
0: probably will just to make your life complicated <laughs> right that's right. how it
1: goes yeah yeah it could happen
0: yeah i try to avoid having similar names as well because it can get confusing Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I tried to keep um, different names. I also tried to keep the names from. So like I said, Callie's family is from France. So like the last names are French. Um, I don't think while I was doing her name, but in like for future characters that I'm adding in, I'm like, okay, so I need a name that would have been popular in 1600 Germany. <laughs> for this character so i'm like having my arc readers and beta readers kind of help me pick names because i'm like i don't know what to use i don't know they'll be like is it a good guy or a bad guy so they can (laughs) give me a proper name like i can't
0: tell you that because it might impact (laughs) your reading of it when you get it
1: yeah, well it was just like is this is this a person cuz like one of the names um it was like someone that she really hated in high school is this name that she recommended and she's like wait do we like this person or do we not like this person? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like um you're not going to like this person.
0: <laughs> so, do they really want to see a name from someone they didn't like in high school in a book that they're enjoying? <laughs> I, uh, apparently as long as it's
1: not a likable character it's okay. <laughs> really? that's wild hey i'm the name works so um character she's not a nice person she's she's not pleasant so but she's there and she has a purpose and she is a multi-purposed character that will keep popping up (laughs) i guess as long as the reader is okay with that yeah i mean she's her recommendation that's that's what i went with so
0: (laughs) that's pretty wild we've gone on for over an hour. So <laughs> Yes, I don't know. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the worlds, the magic, the characters? Oh, what did I do? I lost my notes. <laughs> Too many window streamer I just took over the whole screen. I'm like, wait, where did my notes go?
1: So I would say, in my world, things are not always as they seem, and characters may seem inconspicuous and might be major characters later. um Also, if you look up the meaning for most of my characters' names, you would probably be able to figure out who all the fairy tales are because I stick really close to the the meanings of the name so if you want to go through and you want to figure that out go for it um I may confirm nor deny <laughs> I may just leave it out in the open but um now yeah, all my fairy tales are picked I know who all of it is you have not actually met who the big bad person is yet um but yeah so that's I try not to stray too far from the characters, um, and I have a lot of fun, but do not expect, do not expect the nice Disney version retellings. That is not what I do at all. I am the mean and dirty bad guy version from, like, the Grimm's Brothers and the, you know, all the dark and twisty ones you shouldn't give your kids. (laughs) These are fairy tales for adults only. (laughs) Pretty much. I mean, I I wouldn't recommend Grimm Brothers. A lot of them are grim stories just because they collected so many. Um, But yeah, so keep keep that in mind. Also, uh, mine are less retelling and more reimagining. So I have my own flair to the retelling. As you should. Yes, yes, definitely. Since they are your
0: book babies. Yes. And you can find them where?
1: Everywhere, everywhere. My website, I have all of the links, at least the major links that people are going to buy from on my own website. You can also get it from me if you want signed copies. I, as of right now, still have PR boxes available, which are like, open this gift on this page type PR boxes. It also has like recipes and all the fun things in it. Um, I'm limiting the quantities on those because they are very extensive to put together, but I do still have those as of right now um and then i have signed copies where you get like character art and bookmarks and sticker different things with that as well and then i also have like all the links if you want to order through like amazon or barnes and noble or wherever else you like to buy books from and and frey is
0: gonna send me that because the only one you gave me was the amazon one so (laughs) Oh. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna that's your homework for after the podcast. Okay, you're gonna okay. email me the links to those things because Yes, and I'll uh, send you the I, landing I to page.
1: Them. The, the landing page also it has like my picture, but it also has like all of my social media links and yes. all of the places that you can buy and the blurb and all the triggers. And if you need to see a breakdown of The triggers, I've been told it's not a dark book, but there are triggers included. So I have like if you need to see a breakdown of that, I have breakdowns of like the specific scenes things are included in all on that page for you as well. So I will send that to you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, send me both of those. I'd like to include those in the uh, where to get the book and the where to find our guest section. Those are a you little what? bit sparse uh, compared to what authors usually give me. So uh, and I don't want to make sure that I have all the links um, so that okay. we, we try not to make you work for this. <laughs> make yes. it easy for you to click and go browse. Um, find a new fantasy author and fantasy series to fall in love with. That's yeah. my hope with this these interviews that I do.
1: So yeah. yes I have all all platform all I have ebook paperback and audiobook are all available now so um wherever unless you want the ebook on Everand, in which case uh ask email them and ask them for it because they haven't put it up there yet (laughs) yeah there's like a whole thing with that but yeah yeah and the, the audiobook is there and if you have kobo plus it is both are available in kobo plus i'm not in ku because i wanted my readers to be able to get it wherever they wanted to be able to get it um so not ku but everywhere else but i do plan on doing like you know, free promotions occasionally when I can figure out how to do that um, in a couple months, I'll figure that out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's it's a little bit tricky with Amazon, but it is doable. It's doable when when they uh, customer service.
1: Well, I have it. um, I have the ebook available on my website, which is done through Book Funnel, and I know like my ARC readers were taking the Book Funnel files and sending them to their Kindle, so I know that that's an option. You can do that.
0: But if somebody wanted to get it free on Amazon, it's a little bit more. It's a little trickier for us who are not in Kindle Unlimited. It is. Doable when the gods of Amazon allow. But um, you are very much at their mercy because it's not something that we can, yeah. the authors can go I in figured- and control.
1: The absolute easiest thing is me to change the price on my website because I completely control that, and then Bookfunnel sends you the link. <laughs> so um, that is like a super super easy thing for me to change. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is dependent on whether the platform wants to discount it or not. So everywhere um, else is easy. It's just Amazon that oh, okay, is okay. an issue
0: because
1: uh, you I just set free it to free everywhere. Elsewhere. Yeah, then I may do free everywhere but Amazon every you know six months or so i don't know i'll figure it out i
0: mean you can always ask them to price match it's up to their discretion yeah um you know whether they'll you have to give them all the links to everywhere that it is also free See, and then they make the like decision time. but thank you so much freya victoria for joining us and today we were talking about a lot of things yeah <laughs> but we were here to talk about the forgotten beast and uh what's the series title i don't think you said the series is The Forgotten Ones. The Forgotten Ones. And The mm-hmm. Forgotten Ones we were here to talk about as well. And Freya is going to come back with uh, the next book in the series. And we'll get an update on that and try and get some more spoilers. <laughs> maybe some more tips. <laughs> Hear how maybe, the podcast Maybe is book two.
1: I think I pretty much gave away book one and a half for the most part. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Was, You're welcome back anytime. Giving more <laughs> predictions for
0: book two. So... <laughs> Okay, so then come back for book two then. Um yeah, you're welcome back anytime everyone is. It's I have an open door policy virtual door, <laughs> not my home door, <laughs> <laughs> to be clear. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I've been Melina Cruzera, your indie fantasy author, and we had Freya Victoria and we talked about the forgotten beast and the forgotten ones and a lot of other stuff. And um yeah, and I hope you'll be joining us for another fantasy book and another fantasy author soon. So thank you. Have a great day and a great night wherever you are.